the character was a trash ass friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely won't be saying that about my baby. (laughs) First of all, I got to have a disclaimer. The disclaimer is, first of all, David and I are both Brandy stands, okay? We are uh, the stars. We are stars. So this is in no way a reflection of Brandy, Rayana, Norwood, okay? Because we love her. This is all about Moesha Denise Mitchell. So you trying to tell me, you going to sit up here and say that you're not going to, she wasn't a trash ass friend? I will say that now that I'm older, Maybe I thought that when I was younger that she wasn't a, a good friend, but when I think about it now as, I, as I'm older, in my 30s, <laughs> Moesha was a privileged black suburban teenager. Okay. And she was spoiled. She was very selfish at times, but the general character of Moesha was not bad. She was not a bad friend. She always learned every, she learned from every mistake that she made. Now, some people can't say the same. Some adults can't say the same. <laughs> I'm going to put a little pin right there. <laughs> as a teenager, you can tell me, first of all, that I wasn't Moesha, okay? I was Moesha, the good girl, very smart, excelled in English. You know, my girl is going to be a writer. <laughs> in 2020, Moesha is a writer, you know? You know, just well-rounded. The only thing was, I was a cheerleader like Kim. Moesha couldn't make the cut. <laughs> In my teenage years, you could Moesha could do no wrong. She was perfect. But when I'm looking at it in my 30-year-old eyes, Moesha was, did some very questionable things as a friend. Mm. She wasn't always the best friend. So I guess as a 30-year-old, we could sit here and say, well, were any of us really that great of friends when we were teens? Not, not at all. Not, not, to, not, <laughs> not, not at all. And, I, and like I just said, I just felt like it showed, um, you know, humility that she was able to correct 
the things that she was, you know, that she was doing wrong because you know, a lot of the things, I think she was doing it based off of her heart. That was the first thing that she thought of. So she was like, oh, if I do this and I do this, but she wasn't thinking about the consequences that would come after that. So she always showed that she had a good heart. So that's, that's, that's what, so that's what I You brought up a good point because when you're a teenager, first of all, our frontal lobe is not all the way developed. It's not all the way developed. Okay. First and foremost, our frontal lobe is not always fully developed. So we make rash decisions. So I can get what you can say in that regard, like Moesha following her heart or whatever, like she's going with the first thing, smoking without thinking, like you said, not thinking about the consequences. But let's start at the top. Moesha first premiered in 1996 in the year of our Lords. I was here, I was 11 years old in 1996. How old were you? Oh, Jesus. You are nine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was four in 1991, so yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And Moesha aired from the time I was in the sixth grade until I got to the tenth grade. So I felt like I kind of grew up with Mo to the E to the. So Moesha ended when I was in eighth grade. Got it. Basically, the theme song was everything. It switched up throughout the different seasons. It's me, it's me. Now realizing my responsibilities hit me. My best friend's always on my mind. Gotta <laughs> I gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta move on. I think the best version of the theme song was season four through six because that's when Rodney Jerkins came in to add the extra, you know, the future is get a little, a little extra yeah. razzle dazzle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the original is fine, but what I'm saying is it really popped off in season four. It absolutely did. So Moesha is based on an upper middle class black family in the Lemire Park neighborhood in Los Angeles, California. So in all, with all intents and purposes, they have money. <laughs> <laughs> Moesha's, Moesha's mother was deceased and her father, Frank Mitchell, remarried a another upwardly mobile black woman, beautiful black woman by the name of Dee. And Dee was a principal of a high school. And Frank Mitchell was a manager of a Saturn. Yeah. So, you know. Let's be, let's be clear. The owner of a Saturn dealership. <laughs> and let's not forget, the, the, the biggest thing is that Frank was a member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> Tell y'all about them cappers. They always gotta let it be known that they are cappers. Let's, let's not forget, and not just the character, the actual actor, William Allen Young is a member. Come on. <laughs> and also let it be known that Brandy Rayana Norwood is also an honorary member of the illustrious <laughs> Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Okay. And the thing that kind and of, Sonya is an actual soul. <laughs> I have a tidbit that I've seen on Twitter about this, and it makes perfect sense. D Shirley Ralph is a Delta, <laughs> and it makes so much sense that, that Moesha was AKA and how much they clashed throughout this series. It was a clash. <laughs> Now at all. <laughs> it really does. The contrast is very, very scary, actually. 
why did you get so serious? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Moesha was living, you know, living the dream. So if you were a young black girl like me, you're able to see. To me, she reflected me because I was a book smart girl. I hung with, you know, you know, they were pretty much good kids. You know what I mean? They weren't, you know, a lot of times in the 90s, they were trying to depict black teens really in a very negative way. Like, like we were just filled with violence. Like, if you think about it, we don't really have teen movies. Like, we can go into our roster in the 80s and 90s and there's like, white teen movie after white teen movie after white teen movie showing you know a very nuanced version of white uh coming of age stories but and when you, there's one, there's one black kid per those white movies let's 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 not forget <laughs> absolutely it's always there's always a token black friend but you never got to see like black teenhood or coming of age in its totality. It was always uh, drug related or violence related. When you think about Minister Society, those were teenagers, but looking back at them, they were like dealing with drugs and violence and shootouts. When you think about uh, the only really teen movie that we had were two that I can think of, which was The Inkwell which so, you know, upper middle class black people in the inkwell part of Martha's Vineyard and House Party pretty much show, you know, the fun loving side of being a black teenager. But all the other movies. Like, the the kind of. And yeah, The Wood came out in 1999, you know, but it, you know, it was kind of flashback. But yeah, really three. We can name about 10 white films. So in by the time 1996 rolls around, is, you know, we're coming off of, you know, Tupac being killed. We're at the height of the East Coast, West Coast. And you know what I mean? We got Moesha that is like a breath of fresh air. You get to see black teens in the latest fashions, doing just regular teenage stuff, hanging out at the den, the, you know, the African-centered smoothie shop, you know, that we didn't really give Ann Dale in the den. It's just due back. You know, she was ahead of her time. Like everybody's woke now. Like she was super woke back then. That is true. That's true. That is true. So, you know, so Moesha comes on the scene, like I said, in the upper middle class black family in the Lemaire Park neighborhood of Los Angeles. And so she was something that black girls could aspire to want to be like, you know, on, on the student council for feminism, you know, remember the episode where the boys just wanted to take credit or they wouldn't let girls on the council. And she's like, no, you know, we got to do it for the girls and, you know, you're not going to shush, shush us up and we're not going to be on the background. If we, if we did something, we're not going to, you know, be pushed to the back of the bus and not get our credit. You know what I mean? So let's dig right into it. Why Moesha was a little bit of a trash friend. Number one, I see you licking your lips, LL. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, I think she was a bad friend to Kim Parker. Mm. And I'm going to say my piece and I'm going to let you have the floor. But Kim's weight was always at the forefront of how not only Moesha's character interacted with her, but other characters interacted with her as she was the fat friend. 
the one of the ep- one of the inaugural episodes that sticks out is the episode where Kim asks Moesha to try out for the cheerleading squad. And when they get there, they're supposed to be doing that as a buddy. And really, Kim didn't want to do it alone. And Moesha made it seem like she wasn't even interested in joining. I'm only going that, you know, to go support my girl. And then when the results are in, Kim, my girl, Kim made the team. And then Moesha felt the way because she didn't make it and was trying to insult Kim. That's not a good, that's not good character. I don't care if you are a teenager and your frontal lobe is not fully developed. That was rude as hell. I will say that um, in that episode, and it it showed you the privilege that Moesha had for being the popular person in the school is that everything came quite natural to her. So anything that that she put her energy into, she normally got the best results. And in this situation, she was hyped up by Gabrielle Union's character to think like, oh, well, you're just a shoe-in and Kim is not going to be picked. You are. So then when it was the opposite, that was a shock to her. And I, and I don't think initially it had anything to do with Kim. It had to do with like, well, why would y'all be in my face playing like this and then y'all don't pick <laughs> So then I felt like when Kim came and kind of was like, kind of gloat, she, she, she gloated. And, 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 her, and, and, and in her defense she didn't have much to gloat about that was the first time that she probably ever came out on top of moesha in in their whole friendship honestly and so when she came gloating you know and i think you know besides you know gabrielle's character like oh well you look bitter moesha you know all that little stuff it kind of <laughs> added up and they were in front of their peeps you know what i'm saying right. years you want to appear a certain way so i feel like once you know kim did her little dig you know, naturally, the biggest dig about Kim that really people could just pinpoint right away was the difference in weight. And I, and I, and I want to say this, too. I necessarily did not think that Kim was, quote, unquote, big back then. To, me, to me either. I, I, look at it, I never thought that Kim was big. She wasn't a big friend. Now, she was a little chubby or whatever, had some little, you know, baby cheeks or whatever, but she wasn't big to me, but bigger than all of them. But anyway, I go that to say is that when she did that dig, Moesha was trying to keep her rep intact. So that was the first thing that she could say that everybody agreed on that they all used to say about Kim. So I felt like it was just one of those pride things that that was the first thing she said because Kim said something to her. She didn't start it, but she finished it very nastily. So yes, as, as a friend, that was a nasty dig for her to say that when she knows that that probably was a big, the big struggle in her friendship since they have been friends since they were in kindergarten. So yes, that was a bad friend move. But in the totality of their relationship, I don't feel like Moesha was a bad friend to Kim. I don't. I don't. Because at the end of the episode, they said they digs, they separated themselves. Kim came back, was like, I miss you. <laughs> and she said, can you watch my chair that I taught them? And she did. And they moved on. Like I always told you, Moesha always learned from her, her wrongs. lesson. Always learned from her wrongs and went on and was able to. And that's a real friend. Once you address what the issue was and you correct your behavior and move on. And that was, that's to me, that's the definition of a real friend. That's just, that's just my, that's just my opinion. Okay, you can say, you're trying to say that Kim started the digs, but the dig actually started when they went to go look at that sheet of paper 
hanging on the wall. And Moesha initially didn't have the excitement for her friend because you got to remember why you set out to do this in the first place. You didn't set out for you to make the team. You The, the goal was for your girl to become a Crenshaw cheerleader. And when you saw, when her name was on there and that sheer excitement that Kim had, that, oh my God, I made it. It was like. Again, sometimes pride hits you at the wrong times. And sometimes you have to learn how to put your pride aside. So again, I do understand what you're saying. It was it, it, it should have been an overjoyed man, like, oh my God, you know, just but sometimes when it hits you like that, you be like, As a 30 year, <laughs> as a 30 year old, as a 30 year old, because right now we're looking at Moesha in our when our 30 year old eyes. Mm -hmm. In 2020, in the year of our Lord, if you tell <laughs> some exciting news and their first response is Oh. You know that <laughs> Again, with my 33 <laughs> eyes and my 33 year old views, I just see a kid whose pride was very hurt and they didn't know how in that moment it should have looked for her to be happy for her friend. Because you're right, the ultimate goal was for her just to support and not really necessarily get on the team. Getting on the team should have been have been a bonus for Moesha. And just in that moment, it didn't show that it was a bonus. It showed it was like, dang, like, that's my first real L. Like, and I don't know how to take it because I'm, I'm used to being on top. So in that moment, she had a bad friend moment, which we all have had. We all, we all have had bad friend moments. But it's the totality of it with me. When it, when it counted, Moesha was there for Kim. As we see that spinoff, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we won't get it. We won't get into the behind the scenes of most. <laughs> only gonna stick to the script. <laughs> so now, not only what before we move on about what are you gonna teach your kids? Because I feel like when you're a teenager, some of how you are as a teenager can shape how you are as an adult. That part. And so I just feel like you need to be accountable even in, in, the, in your 10 years because a lot of us haven't really shifted too far from our personalities as teens. That part. We, we've matured in a lot of ways, but personality-wise, it's pretty much a constant. That's true. So I just feel like there were several instances. So another instant where, and this is when Moesha was being a trash daughter. Mm. Mm. Can't wait to hear this. <laughs> when Frank Kappa Appleside Mitchell mm -hmm. a brand new shining uh, Saturn with the <laughs> I knew this would be the I knew this would be the, the issue. With Go the sunroof. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me tell you what my car was in high school. The, the MTA bus. <laughs> Transportation Authority. Not the MTA. <laughs> <laughs> Period. So, for you to walk yourself to the garage and you to say to your dad, really, a Saturn? A Saturn? She should have been slapped across the face. Period. Well, <laughs> minus the exaggeration that she <laughs> Is it an exaggeration or did Moesha? She did not say a uh, sad. She did not do any of that. 
she said that it was just, it wasn't her. Because in her privileged <laughs> middle-class mind, Moesha had it set in her mind that she wanted a Jeep. And she thought, because most of the time, Moesha got what she wanted from Frank, honestly. And so when she saw that, she was like, wow, like, you know, now mind you, this is the spoiled part of Moesha. So I'm not agreeing, I'm not disagreeing with that, that saying that, that she, you know, that she should have, you know, been grateful for what she got. But Moesha was raised to be such a free thinker and to think on her own, which, why, which I think was a good trait that Frank fostered in her. Because Moesha was smart, a straight A student. So she, she always thought for herself. So when she came back and flipped in, it was like, well, look, if I can find what I want for the same amount that you paid, what would be the difference? And I, the, the forward thinking is what had me <laughs> that this girl was really smart and she knew how to leverage her way to get what she wanted. Now, in the end, she didn't get it, but she got what was close to what she wanted. And so I just feel like at the end of the day, I don't feel like she was ungrateful. She, she, um, she just knew, she was just so determined that she wanted to get what she wanted. She wanted to feel comfortable in what she wanted and not what, some, you know, what, not what somebody else gave her. And so it comes off, again, I agree that it comes off spoiled, it comes off entitled, but I felt like a lot of things that she got was because that her mom had passed. And because, you know, he was trying to, you know, suffice the fact that this girl does not have her mother and that he married Dee very fast. And their relationship went very fast. So a lot of things I think he gave her to, you know, supplement that. So again, I get what you're saying, that it did come off spoiled and bratty. But at the end of the day, she came with the facts. And <laughs> she flipped it. I think you just want to counter me. No, I'm not counter with you. At the end, he even told me, like, <laughs> he told me, he said, I've always raised Moesha to think on her own to never follow the crowd. And so in this instance, he couldn't come back and say, well, no, you being spoiled when he always raised her to be that strong-minded kid. So that's what I'm saying. You bring up a really great point when you talk about him teaching her to think for herself and negotiate and use leverage. That is something that a lot of young women don't have, you know, that self-autonomy. And that's, that is something that we can learn from the Moesha character maybe not always taking the first offer. I feel like Moesha in 2020, we can imagine that in when she's gotten different positions, she was able to negotiate her salary, you know, do those things that are important that uh, women don't do. You know, there have been studies that said that most of the time women don't negotiate their salaries as much as men do. Right. And so that, that is a good trait that Moesha had, but I just still find it to be poor character to, you know, not accept the card that, you know, a, a card that you didn't have to pay for from your dad, you know, a brand new car with no issues. But I guess I can respect the fact that we as women, I, I like, I just like that perspective. You don't, if you don't want something, no matter how shiny it is, you don't have to accept that. And I think that's what a lot of women, especially black women in our culture are taught that, you know, girl, he, he got a car or, you know, it's shiny. Go towards that shiny thing when maybe it might not be the best thing for you individually. So that's a really good point. But also, I'll say Moesha, in my 30-year-old eyes, was very terrible towards her stepmother. 
terrible to ourselves, but because we've seen situations where stepmothers can be from hell. They're not trying to be understanding. They're not trying to see your perspective. But Dee always tried to be there for Moesha. She tried to understand that, yes, I know your mother has passed on. I'm not trying to be your mother. I just want to be here for you as a, you know, a woman, adult, you know. You, Moesha, it felt like, you know, her mother had been dead for quite some time because there had, there was some language with Moesha saying, well, I was the one that cooked my dad and Miles dinner and food and I took care of them. And this woman comes in and says, hey, you're a, you're a teenager, you're a child, enjoy that. I'm here to care for all of you. And I don't think that Moesha completely respected her in that regard. And that was, she was very just rude, just flat out rude to D. Well, what I would say is that um, if you if you notice in the first episode, I think it was I think it actually was the pilot episode. Mm -hmm. She let it be known how um, how long they dated before they actually got married, and 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 if, if I remember correctly, it was a very short time span, like less than nine weeks or less than ten weeks or something like that. And so, for a girl to grow up essentially playing the wife role, even though she was the daughter and taking care of two men mm -hmm. and having another, I would say D was an alpha female, you know, alpha female to come in and kind of, I felt like, you know, a lot of times people was like, oh, Moesha was so rude. But a lot of times people are not highlighting the fact that a lot of D's way that she said things was a little slick and a little... <laughs> In a, in a little a kind of abrasive to the point where it's just like, well, whoa, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if the weeks that Moesha said they dated, I'm like, well, how do you even have the audacity? You need to feel your way into this cycle before you just take over. And if you notice, a lot of times in the beginning, the first season, Frank would pull her aside. She would pull Frank aside and be like, why are you stopping me from this and that? And I, he was stopping her because he was like, look, they have to get used to you. Like, you cannot yeah. assert yourself into a situation, almost like a, a new boss just coming in and not taking the time to see how things flow in the office before they want to assert all the changes right away. And that turns a lot of people off. I learned that in the military. It turns you like, you need to assess the situation and only change things that are detrimental to the situation. But if there's no things that need to be changed to the degree where it's going to hurt you, I feel that she should have just kind of mellow out. I would be, if, you know, and these, I would think that D would be very cautious to want for Moesha and Miles to like her instead of just coming with this military type of, oh, well, well I'm here now and this is how it's going to be. I'm like, you're not Marguerite Mitchell. So you need to, you need to pull it back. <laughs> you need to pull it back. <laughs> you need to pull it back. And so I just feel like a lot of times people are not looking at it in the aspect that this woman came into these people's life and tried to change things right away instead of settling in and letting this settle, be like, look, I know that I came, I came in fast. Our romance was very, you know, fast. A whirlwind. Or a whirlwind. And I don't want to disrupt anything that's going on. I don't want to step on your toes. If you was cooking, well, can well, can, can we compromise? If you don't do breakfast, can I do lunch? Or can I do mm. dinner? Or something like that. But a lot of times it was just like, oh, well, did you hear what I said? And this is then the third. And to me, those fighting words to me. So that's, <laughs> that's that feeling in you. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the, it is. So I, just, <laughs> that's the I understand why Moesha 
as another alpha woman to an alpha woman was just like, well, wow, like, you know, are you even acknowledging the fact that you're new? Like, can I get used to you first? <laughs> you I mean, knew the day. <laughs> also a principal at her school. So you got to think, it's like she has to deal with her in that aspect and then turn it off and then go home. And this is her stepmother now. So I don't yeah. think people factor that in that, again, this person was a <laughs> child. Was a child. She wasn't a, another adult. She was a child. And she had to get used to that. Now the attention is not just on her and Miles. It's D, then them. And so, you know what I'm saying? So that's an adjustment for a child. So people are not factoring in there. They always want to just go straight at the main character, which is Moesha's, that she was trash and she was this, but not focusing on the things that was coming at her that yeah. she had to deal with at 14, 15, 16 years old. Factor that. Daddy, you just let us have it. You <laughs> have us. Baby, you had me at assess the situation. <laughs> That's where you had me at. You had me at assess the situation because change is, change is hard for us as adults. So change can definitely be difficult for a child. I can either attest to my own child, you know, bringing my current, you know, spouse into the fold. And when when he was just my friend, you know, my son was all, hey, he's our friend. But when he realized, like, he wasn't going anywhere, it was like, Ooh. you know what I mean? Because my son was just used to it being me and him. Right. For for seven years. <laughs> he was used to being, even though he was young, he was used to being the man of the house. Yeah, and he was just used to having all of my attention, my bandwidth, you know what I mean? And so it's like, oh, we got other people on the server and you, you know, he's making it a little shaky, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I can respect that point, David. You know. I just want to highlight another thing. Another example of, you know, how the adult should have approached the child was that in the episode where they had a, um, a garage sale in their home. And I don't think that Dee realized that a lot of the things that were still inside that home were stuff that Frank and Moesha's mother picked out together. So I felt like it should have been a conversation with Moesha, and not just Moesha, with the whole family. Like, hey, well, can we assess the items that we are willing to get rid of and some of the items that we are willing to keep? Because that couch had an emotional connection to Moesha. And that's why she went off the way that she did. Because she was like, dang, you're just trying to erase every single piece. Memory of, of my mama. Oh, my, you mama. Know my mama gone. So I, I can relate. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So people kept I'll thinking. I'll fight you over an heirloom, okay? <laughs> so people kept, you know, they, they, they so quick to say like, oh, Moesha is a brat and she was this, but not knowing that this girl does not have her birth mother alive with her to go through all these things growing up as a, a teenage woman. So when yeah. she, I don't think she wanted to, D wasn't the problem. It's just that you're selling something that her mama bought and that she can buy <laughs> every time she walks in that house. So to, for you to get rid of it without having a conversation with her as the adult and Moesha as the child, that's a lack in parenting to me. So that, Okay, I mean, let me find out you're going to be somebody a uh, real good daddy. <laughs> let me find it out today as we discuss Moesha. I am. Okay. I can just <laughs> stuff that I've been through, and I just thought about, like, I would do things this way to, to make, because I, I feel like a lot of times um, parents 
don't take the time to explain why things are the way that they are and why did they do the things that they do it's, it's it's more of that you know don't question me just go along with it you know what i'm saying i feel like a lot of kids are intelligent and we understand like oh we're having a garage sale so we can make room for new things and we can mm -hmm. keep some of the things you know here you know so that you can still have that emotional connection but still be able to move on from that so i just think a lot of times it just takes just a simple conversation that's all i can definitely respect that the other thing that to me, you know, was questionable about, you know, just these little instances about Moesha. And I think now that we're into this conversation <laughs> and I'm like, was Moesha really trash or was she just, <laughs> it's like what you said at the beginning, like just a normal teenager going through the ebbs and flows of life. I mean, that's, you have to, you have to live and learn to be able to grow. You have you to gotta make live and learn in order to grow. And and that's what I, when I think about myself, sometimes as we as parents, sometimes we yell at kids, like you say, and we got to realize they've only been on the earth for so long. At this point, my son has only been on the earth for one decade while I've been on the earth for three decades. Mm -hmm. So my view of things is going to be completely different than his and how he's going to respond and react. And sometimes I think we expect people to, you know, our children to be at the level that we are when it's like we have a whole plethora of experience, decades even <laughs> of experience. Right. Um, but one of the things that you know bothered me about Moesha is when she went, when she won those tickets to the Mega Jam. Mm -hmm. Mega Fest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to the Mega Fest, which was lit. I wish I could have been. I really wanted to be a pirate. <laughs> And your two closest girlfriends, you didn't even get them in with you because you allowed this dude to talk you into letting him bring his his cousin to his manager, who happened to be 112. And then your girls missed the whole concert. Well, Tanae, if you're going to address the situation, you have to address it the right way. You gonna check me on my show? I'm not checking, I'm just saying, but just if you're gonna say the facts, you have to say the facts. Do they it. Actually, they actually did go in first. They actually did, what they did was they handed their tickets back to um, Q and his cousins, which you know everybody knows was 112. So what happened was when they got into the second part of the security check. Right, but pause. They did not have any tickets in hand because 112 had them. Right, but what we should have done as the winner of the tickets was to be like, no, those, no, those are Kim and Isis. Yeah. Two of those tickets are Kim and Isis. Yeah, no, she could have done that. She could have done that. She could have done that. So she started off good. But she, she started off good with good intentions. And right. I understand as a teenager, when we into a boy hard like she was in the queue, and you think he's just with all the amazing ideas, <laughs> that you just go along. But no, at that moment when they were like, ticket, ticket, she's like, uh-uh. I'm the winner of the contest and two of those tickets are Kim and Nisi. You just let them go And if you really want to take it a step further, what really should have happened is that when she went to go pick up Q and he had the group with him, his cousins with him, she'd be like, look, I, I just, you know, being the forward thinker that she was, I have four tickets. It's not going to work with nine people. So I'm sorry that you thought this was going to be their big break, 
but they're gonna have to find another way to get in. But they're not right. using the four tickets that I have. I, you know, that's what she should. That's what really should have happened. It really shouldn't even have to do the pass ticket. All that 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 shouldn't really happen. But right. as, a kid, as a kid, like you said, she was in. You know, pretty much anything Q said was golden. <laughs> And Kim and Nisi was with too because you know Kim was boy hungry and Nisi was too. So <laughs> he was willing to have them in the limo. They let me get this big ass limo, but not thinking about the consequences of how it's going to unfold. Right. When they got so but I, maybe that's a teenager thing because let's just take 112 out of it. It's still five people on four tickets because Hakeem is your best friend, Kim and Nisi are your girls, and then it's your boyfriend. So that fifth ticket or that extra, that would have been a hard choice. And when you're a teen, even now sometimes as an adult, you want to please everybody. Because what, cause what, should, have, what should have happened was that um, the guy, you remember the guy, well, you know, the guy who owned the radio station. Yeah. See, what should have happened is that he, he basically they should have met each other there. So yes. that he could have gave the four tickets to, you know, Q, Hakeem, Kim, and Nisi, and she has the the backstage thing, so yes, that has yes. a ticket. So then she wouldn't have to worry about five into four. And that's what really that's, that's that flitting us because we would have we would have worked it out. <laughs> we would we would have got everybody in. Right, 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 right. That's what really should have happened. <laughs> now, David, you just really brought up some really great points, and I don't want to lament this talk about Moesha any longer. What I have concluded from this conversation is that Moesha may not be trash, that she's just a regular teenage girl navigating through this space called life. And sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong. But and that's what makes you as long as we learn our lesson and learn from what we did, that's all you can ask for. And that's, that's what makes you human is that you're able to make mistakes and correct them so that you, you know, that you do better in the future. And I feel like she was a perfect example of a real human being. We put this, I feel like a lot of people on Twitter and social media. They're going in, they're going like, in on, on Momo. Has, has put this, this extraterrestrial, you know, image of her that she's just supposed to be perfect. But that was why she was relatable is because yeah. she was making the same mistakes that we were making at that time. So that's <laughs> <Yeah>. why <laughs> I refuse any slander on Moesha because it's like she was a kid making mistakes just like us. All, all those group of friends made mistakes. All those group of friends gossiped about each other and yes. talked about each other. And yes. things. she was not <laughs> the only one on there, but because she was the title character that's who we want to attack and i'm not with it. i'm not with it. <laughs> i'm not with it. I, and my final thought on is moesha a trash ass friend is that we were teenagers doing the same thing we was on three-way we was friends with one person one day talk about but at the end of the day at them games or whatever we all came back together i think as 30 year olds we have a complex about ourselves, maybe a false sense of reality now to, because now we're looking at somebody else to think that maybe we weren't as bad, <laughs> like you said, and we was up there doing the same thing, picking boys over our friends, uh, <laughs> hanging out, back talking our parents, all of the above. So in conclusion, Moesha was just a regular ass 
teenager. <laughs> right. I'm, glad, I'm glad I was able to provide. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to provide some clarity. Thank you, David. And thank you for being a guest on this episode of Tanae Talks. So in true Tanae Talks fashion, now is your moment to give your shout out. So you shout out. Uh, I'm, I'm shouting out my family, uh, all my bros, LBs, yo to the good noops, uh, <laughs> you know, all my Flint family. Um, yeah, just everybody just in this, in this pandemic, just, you know, stay strong. You know, like I just, I just followed the, the guidelines of CDC so that we can be free again. And, uh, if you need some you know somebody to talk to reach out to your family and friends like don't don't sit in silence you know and uh you know when you participate in these online banters come with the facts man <laughs> come with the facts man <laughs> like me, you're not gonna win <laughs> david tries it you see i just I get it, a platform and he want to try it you're done anyway i want to give a shout out to david my little brother for being on the show yo to the good news um, and I want to give a shout out to Brandy Rayana Norwood. I want to give a shout out to Sonya Norwood for brokering the deal that got my girl off of Thea and her own debut own show uh, on UPN Moesha. I want to thank Moesha just for being, even though, you know, the, the think tanks and black Twitter is going in on my girl saying that she was horrible and trash. That, but she gave us something to look up to as young black girls during that time, something to aspire to with the good fashions, the beautiful braids, the whole aesthetic, just the whole black assness of it all that Moesha was that we can relate to. It was a healthy show, a funny show, fun loving. And so, shout out to Brandy for just even to this day, just being a great human being and role model. Shout out to Sonya, shout out to. Ray J, who always made a cameo appearance on the show before he got his own title character as Dorian. Three different characters. <laughs> you know, I want to add to that. I didn't even think about that. I, I do want to shout out to Brandy. Uh, I want to give her her flowers while she's still here. I feel like we, I feel like we wait a lot of times till people have passed, you know, to do that. And I just say that she has always been the example of what, to me, what what solidifies Black history. Like nobody can take away your accomplishments. Nobody. Um, you know, and, you know, I just, you know, and also shout out to, you know, Whitney Houston. Today is her birthday, you know, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Nippy. Rest in peace. And just, you know, this just, is going to air on Tuesday. So just, um, yeah, just shout out to, you know, um, you know, Whitney Houston and um, yeah, Brandy, Brandy deserve all the flowers. And if you ain't got it yet, you know, go cop. Go get B7. And we're going to end it on that note. Go get B7. And if you haven't already, like, share, subscribe to Nate Talks Podcast, available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And please note that you can also get to Nate Talks merchandise. Link will be below in the notes. So leave a comment and let me know what you think. Bye.